Good morning, church. I tell you every week that I love you. This week is no different. I love you. Uh, But I am going to ask you to think about who you love and what you love. We're going to do something a little bit different. Some of you are note takers anyway, so this won't be tough for you, but some of you are not note takers. So if you have a piece of paper, back of your bulletin, you may not know this, but there's a sermon notes section back there, back there every week, but you can turn that over, uh, use the back of your bulletin, you can get your phone out, uh, maybe the notes app on your phone, and I want you to think about who and what you love right at the top of your, your note, or type at the top of your note, I love my, and then list as many things as you can think of that fill in that blank. Nobody's going to read your list but you or whoever you show it to, so no judgment, you know, whoever, whatever you love, write, write it down. I, I love my spouse, I love my kids, I, I love my, my parents. Please, kids, write that down. I love my parents. Uh, write, write down whatever you can think of. I love my house, I love my car, I love my boat, I love my jet skis, I love my Dallas Cowboys. I, I doubt anybody's going to write that this morning. It's probably too soon, too soon. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Write down whatever you can think of. I love my whatever it is that you love, whatever it is that you're passionate about, whatever it is that you you consider dear to you. Maybe it's an object, maybe it's a person, but write down down a list or at least think it in your head. I love my, I love my, I love my. We can all probably spend all day thinking about the, the people, the things that we love, that we hold dear, that we're passionate about, that we would hate to lose. But then after you've, you've made your list, at the very bottom, write this phrase, but my loyalty to Jesus is greater. My loyalty to Jesus is greater. I love these things, and my love for these things might be great. I love these people, and my, my love for them might be great, but my loyalty to Jesus is greater than my love for these people than my love for these things. My loyalty to Jesus is greater. Write it down. (laughs) Think about it. Type it out. Write it on your heart. Write it on your mind. We've seen these things, don't we? But we need to make these declarations, not just one time when we get baptized, not just, not just on Sundays, but we need to constantly remind ourselves that, yes, we love things and we love people and there's lots of, there's lots of loves that we have, but our loyalty to Jesus is greater than any other loves. But, but then we have to wrestle with the question, is that true? Is it true? I mean, is it really true? We want it to be true. We declare it to be true, and we want to live into that idea. But is it really true? Is your loyalty to Jesus greater than your love for blank? Is your loyalty to Jesus the greatest greatest passion that you have, the greatest love that you have, your devotion to him, your allegiance to him. It's hard to know the answer to that question, isn't it? Because we would all like to say, yes, 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 my my loyalty to Jesus is greater than my love for whatever. But is it? It's hard to know unless your loyalty is tested. And there's the thing, isn't it? That our loyalty is constantly being tested. 
Your loyalty to Jesus is being tested every single day, isn't it? And sometimes, if we're honest, we, we pass the test. We prove that our loyalty to Jesus really is greater than our love for whatever. But sometimes, if we're honest, we fail that test, don't we? Our loyalty is tested, and we, we fail the test of, of loyalty. And I would, I would say this, few things test our loyalty, few things test our loyalty like losing what we love. So don't you think about that list that you just made, whether it's in your head or on your phone or on that piece of paper. And I want you to think about it, not just right now, but I want you to think about it, think about it throughout the day, think about it throughout the week, and, and ask yourself if you lost those things, maybe not just one of those things, but you lost all of those things. Like Job, would you still be loyal to Jesus? Because it's one thing to be loyal when everything is, is going well. In fact, sometimes, sometimes we can use our loyalty to the Lord as a means to an end. And we can think, you know, I'll be loyal to the Lord if he gives me this stuff. I'll be loyal to the Lord as long as I have the, the blessings in my life. But if I lost those things, would I still be loyal to him? Would I still see the point? Because history is filled with people who, when they lost the things they loved, when they lost the people that they loved, they said, what's the point? What's the point in being loyal to Yahweh if if I lose what I love, what's the point of being loyal to Yahweh when everything's falling apart? What's the point in being loyal to Yahweh if he's not going to keep me from losing this stuff? If he's not going to keep me from losing the people that I love? And so it's incredibly difficult to be loyal to Jesus when you lose the, the people and the things that you love. That, that loss, that moment of loss, that time of loss, that season of loss will test your loyalty. And maybe you're going through that right now. Maybe you've been through that in the past. But I guarantee you all of us will go through that in the future. We will have a season of loss. Maybe it's the loss of a job. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's the loss of just the life that you know. Maybe it's the loss of a dream. Maybe it's the loss of your hopes, your expectations, what you thought was going to happen, and then something happens and you realize, that's gone forever. I'm not getting that back. Now I'm not going to have that dream. I'm not going to have that expectation. I'm not going to have that job. I'm not going to have that career. I'm not going to have that life that I had before or the life that I, I wanted and I dreamed about. It's gone. And that season of loss will test your Loyalty. Our loyalty to Jesus is constantly being tested by life. Life tests our loyalty. And I want to talk this morning about three different people. We're going to talk about Abraham. We're going to talk about a guy named Habakkuk, a guy named Paul, and, and talk about how their loyalty was tested and what we can learn from them. So let's think about Abraham for just a second. You, you may or may not be familiar with the story of Abraham, but Abraham was already an old man when he was promised that he was going to have a son and that his son was going to be the one through whom God was going to bless the nations. 
that through this son, somehow, the promises that God made to Abraham, through this son was going to come the blessings. We eventually find out it would be a long time coming, wouldn't it? It would be a long time coming. But through this son, the blessings were going to come to Abraham and Abraham's family and to all the nations of the world were going to come through this son. And Abraham waited and he waited and he waited and he waited and he waited until he was 100 years old. And finally, when Abraham was 100 years old, after all the, the, the natural expectations were gone, he was as good as dead. And then finally, God brought Isaac into the world. And God fulfilled his promise. But then, when Isaac was, was grown a little bit, we don't know how old Isaac was when this happened. Some people even suggest that he might have been even in his 20s. Josephus said he was 25. I don't know how I counted that number, but... But Josephus, or I mean rather, Isaac was, was already grown, and there's no way to quantify how much Abraham loved Isaac. I mean, as a dad, for sure, he loved his son, but this is, this is the son he'd been waiting for. This is the son, not only that he had been promised, he had been promised this son, but the son through whom other, other promises were going to come true. And God who doesn't lie and God who doesn't break his word and God who keeps his promises had given him this son and this son was the one that Abraham had been waiting for. All of his hopes, all of his expectations, all of his desires, all of his faith was tied up in Isaac. To say Abraham loved him would be an understatement. And then God said, take him, this son that you love, the son that I've promised you, take him to Mount Moriah and offer him there as a sacrifice to me. And the text doesn't say that Abraham argued with God or said anything back to God. He takes Isaac, he takes a couple of servants and they go towards this mountain. And they get to the mountain Abraham and Isaac go up onto the mountain. They get up there. He ties up his son. He lays him on the altar. And he raises his knife to kill his son. And just then, God stops him and keeps him from sacrificing his son. But Abraham was willing to do exactly what God told him to do. So if you have your Bible... Look at Genesis chapter 22 and verse 12. Here's what God said to Abraham. Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham's loyalty, Abraham's faith was tested. And Abraham passed the test. Was Abraham perfect? No. But he was loyal to Yahweh. He was loyal to God, even if it cost him everything. That's the question. That's the test of loyalty. That's, that's what we're pledging. That's what we're declaring. That's what we hope is true of all of us, that I will be loyal to you, Jesus. I will be loyal to you, God, even if it cost me everything. And Abraham didn't just say it. He lived it out. When, 
that which was most precious to him was threatened to be taken away. Listen to what the Hebrew writer says, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19, about the story. Here's what the Hebrew writer says. This is the text we've been working our way through the last couple of weeks. The Hebrew writer says, by faith, that is by, by allegiance, by loyalty, by commitment, this trust, this loving trust in God, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He offered him up. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Now, I don't think God is singling you out like this to test you. But I do think life will test you this way. Life will test you this way. It tests all of us. Life is filled with loss. And every loss you experience will test your loyalty. Every loss that you experience will test your loyalty. Will you keep loving him? Will you keep being committed to him? Not just during the times of abundance, not just during the times of gain, but during the times of loss. And, and this was the one to whom God made all of these promises to Abraham and about Isaac. Now, the things that we lose, we don't typically have promises attached to them that way, do we? Sometimes we think we do. We think all of our hopes and all of our expectations and all of our dreams were promised to us by God, and they weren't. We just kind of have drawn those conclusions in our mind. But how would we respond if we were Abraham in a situation like this? If God said, hey, you know the son I promised you? You know the one through whom your descendants are going to be named? Take him and offer him as a sacrifice. I mean, we would probably say something like, that's not fair. It's not fair. You wouldn't do that to me. You're not that kind of a God. You wouldn't do this. You promised me. Who do you think you are, God, taking away the thing that you promised me? Taking the one, the, away the one that I love? Who do you think you are? You can't do this to me. You promised. But here's what Abraham thought, according to the Hebrew writer, verse 19. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Even in that moment, in that moment where God told him to do this thing, this horrible thing, and even in the moment where he was about to do this horrible thing, he had this knife in his hand to do what was unthinkable. He said, God is still a God who keeps his promises. God is still a God who keeps his promises. I can't imagine how many tears were in his eyes when he raised that knife. I, I can't imagine that, his, that he wasn't just sobbing as he went through the motions of doing what God told him to do. But even in that moment, he knew. Even in his grief, he knew. Even in this, already have given him up. He's already given him up. He's already offered him up. He just has to do this horrible deed. But even in the moment, he knew God still keeps his promises. He'd never seen God, as far as we know. He'd never seen God raise somebody from the dead. But he said, my God can do that. 
My God can raise the dead. I haven't seen it, but I know he can do it. And if he promised me, if he promised me that through this son, my descendants would be named, if he promised me that through this son, all nations would be blessed, then God will keep his promises. And this loss, no matter how long it lasts, this loss will not keep God from keeping his promises. I mean, the, the question is, do we have this same kind of loyalty that when we're facing loss, whatever that loss may be, when we're experiencing loss, when we're afraid we're going to experience loss, do we have this kind of loyalty to God that says God keeps his promises? I know it doesn't feel like it right now, I know it doesn't look like it right now. It doesn't seem like it right now. I can't see God keeping his promises, but I know he will. That's what faith is all about. That's what loyalty is all about. It's about being loyal to God in the moment, even when you can't see the fulfillment of the promises, but believing that God will keep those promises. And Abraham said, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what God's going to do, but I know this kid isn't going to stay dead. And see, we, we have the same promises, don't we? For those of us who belong to the Lord, only the difference is now we've seen God raise the dead. I, I mean, not with our eyes. But God has raised his son, Jesus, from the dead. So now we know for a fact, it isn't speculation, we know for a fact God does raise the dead. That's something my God does. He raises the dead. And no matter what I lose... My God can restore. My God can redeem. My God can set all things right. And my God will keep his promises. And knowing that, we can be loyal to him even in the face of loss. Even when we're afraid we're going to face loss. Even when we're experiencing a loss we hoped we would never experience. I want to spend just a second talking about the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk's an interesting short little book. Go read it this afternoon. We're just going to read a, a small passage from it. One of my favorite passages, though, because Habakkuk goes to God initially and complains about the injustice. God, do you, you see this mess that's going on, God? Do you see that the, the bad guys are winning and the good guys are losing? Do you see the injustice? Do you see what's happening here? When are you going to show up? When are you going to do something about this mess? And God tells Habakkuk, actually, I am going to show up, but you're not going to like it. Because I'm going to send a nation that's even worse to punish my people. I'm going to bring about justice, but I'm going to do it through a wicked, horrible nation that you can't even imagine. And Habakkuk thinks, surely not. You can't do that, God. But then by the end of the book, Habakkuk resigns himself to say, I trust you. See, because God tells Habakkuk and tells all of his people that the righteous shall live, shall survive by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. You want to survive this, whatever that's coming, whatever you lose, then have faith. The only way you get out of this alive is loyalty to God. The only way you get out of this alive is through faith. And so Habakkuk ends by saying this, chapter 3 and verse 17. Though the fig tree does not bud, 
and there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. What is that? Famine, drought, nothing. Everything that I need to survive, if there's none of that, there's absolutely no food. No food growing on the vine, no food growing on the tree, no animals to eat, nothing. If there is nothing, if I lose everything, if we as a people lose everything and we are starving to death, he says, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. If I lose everything, I will still be loyal to him. I will be loyal to him even if it costs me everything. I know a disaster is coming, he says. I know it's coming. And I will rejoice in the Lord anyway. Not because I have everything I want. Not because my life is comfortable. Not because I'm living in a time of abundance and gain. But because I trust him. Because he keeps his promises. That's what faith is. Faith is looking at your current circumstance and say, it's rough right now. It hurts right now. I, I know nothing but loss right now. I know nothing but pain right now. I know nothing but grief right now. But a better day is coming. And he will deliver me. And he will keep his promises. And so even now, by faith, I will rejoice in him. I'm not going to rejoice in my food because my food can be gone. I'm not going to rejoice in the grape on the vine because that grape can be gone. I'm not going to rejoice in the fig tree because that fig tree can be gone. I'm not going to rejoice in my abundance of sheep and cattle because all of that can be gone. We rejoice in all kinds of stuff that can be gone like that. Rejoice in the Lord because that relationship is forever. And we have to remind ourselves of that during the highs and the lows, that our loyalty is to him. And the only way we live through this loss, whatever loss it is that you're experiencing, the only way we live through this loss is by loyalty to the Lord, by trusting in him and being faithful to him because we know that he will set everything right. Now think about the Apostle Paul. Paul went through more than I could possibly imagine. But here's what he says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. He says this, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. For I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In other words, my loyalty is to Jesus, even if it costs me everything. My loyalty is to Jesus in times of abundance. My loyalty is to Jesus in times of need. My loyalty is to Jesus whether I'm comfortable or I'm suffering. I will be faithful to him. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know that he will strengthen me, and I know that he will set everything right. 
See, we have this knowledge about the future. Not tomorrow or the next day or the next day. I mean, maybe it's tomorrow. We don't know. But we know what the last day holds. We know what eternity holds. And we know that God will set everything right. It's true. Few things test our loyalty like losing what we love. Makes us ask the hard questions. Am I serving the Lord just for what I can get out of it? Am I serving Him and praying to Him and going to church and singing these songs, living a good life, just because I think if if I do, then He'll make me comfortable? If I do, then He'll protect my stuff and He'll protect my people? Am I serving Him just so that I don't experience loss? Or when I love Him through the loss, Would I be loyal to him through the loss? Would I be loyal to him even in my grief? Would I be loyal to him even if it didn't seem like it was going to get any better anytime soon? Would Would I love him and be loyal to him no matter what comes, no matter what I experience, no matter what I lose? This is the story of Job, isn't it? Even if I lose everything, will I say, I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I don't get it. I don't like it. I didn't ask for it. But I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust that he's going to set all things right. Here's the promise. For those who are loyal to the Lord, no loss will last forever. Isn't that our hope? No loss will last forever. I won't live in loss forever. You won't live in loss forever. You won't live in grief forever. God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. For those who are loyal to the Lord, no loss will last forever. Job experienced loss. Job experienced a loss I can't even imagine. But his loss didn't last forever. And that story is preserved for you and me so that you will know that you may have days like Job where you lose everything or you feel like you've lost everything. But be loyal to the Lord and no loss will last forever. This is what loyalty is. Loyalty isn't just, I'll be good to God as long as I can see his benefits, as long as I can see the good things, as long as he protects my stuff. Loyalty is, I will be loyal to him. I will be faithful to him. He has my allegiance even if it costs me everything. You see, because this is what Jesus did for us. We are saved by faith. That is, we are saved by loyalty. But not just saved by our faith or saved by our loyalty. We are saved by his faith. We are saved by his faithfulness. We are saved by his loyalty. Because that's what Jesus did for us, isn't it? He was loyal to his father. He was loyal to the mission. He was loyal to Yahweh, even if it cost him everything. And it did. They killed him for it but no loss lasts forever. And God did not forsake his son, but raised him from the dead so that you would know that if you take up your cross and follow Jesus loyally, then you are saved by his loyalty, you are saved by his faithfulness, and you are saved by being loyal, by learning to be loyal to the Father the way Jesus was loyal to the Father, the way God has been loyal to his people, be loyal to him in response. 
Maybe there's somebody here this morning and you're ready to pledge your life to Jesus, to pledge your love to Jesus, to pledge your loyalty to Jesus, to be buried with him in baptism, to receive forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, eternal life, but to say to him, I'm done living for me, and even if it costs me everything, I will be faithful to Jesus because he's been faithful, because he's been loyal. I'm going to trust in him that he will set all things right. Or maybe you've made that pledge. Maybe you have devoted your life to Jesus. Maybe you need to recommit yourself to him. Or maybe you're going through a time of loss. You're not going through it alone. Not only is the Lord with you, but we are with you. There's nothing in the whole world we'd rather do than surround you with love and prayer. Our shepherds would love to do that in the prayer room, or you can come forward right now as together we stand sing this song.